Hi, I'm Gina. <laughs> I'm John. What are you laughing about? It's late. It is late. Would you I, like a drink? I would love a drink. Do the thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is uh, the day three of Geekway of the West. Obviously, it's two o'clock in the morning. We're a little slap happy, but we've just finished up day three of Geekway, and it's been wonderful. It's been a really fun con. And... <laughs> Oh, goodness. We should have known when you decided to do these mini-sobs that they would just get weirder and weirder. I think you can really hear the arc of us just slowly losing our minds. Exactly. Because we really haven't done much else besides games since we've been here. Oh, God, no. We've done, like, nothing else. (laughs) Nothing else at all. But we've gotten to put in so many... We've gotten to finish so many games off of our wish list. Oh, so many. So successful. Absolutely. A lot of titles that have been out for, you know, that came out this year or recently that just haven't had the chance to play, and it's been awesome. The selection here has been wonderful. Yeah. We've, we continued, actually, even today, to mostly focus on the play and win. Uh, the, as we've said before, the selection is just so good this year, but we did get a little bit into the library today, a little more than we had before. We did. And um, I think my, my standout from the library, maybe my standout for the day, was Burgle Brothers. I would absolutely agree. Yeah, probably, yeah. It was a cooperative game where you're playing bumbling burglars <laughs> who are going through three stories uh, of a building. Unspecified building. <laughs> Just an unspecified building that apparently has various weird valuable objects in it uh, and you're stealing things and you're evading guards and you're peeking through walls if you're my character it's cool because you you lay out um you lay out a different building every day game you have room tiles that you put out in the grid and you put out three grids one for each floor and then you have little wooden bars that are your walls that you put up so you can do different kind of map layouts which i absolutely love modular map tiles I thought the the safe cracking mechanic was so extraordinarily clever. So in order to find, you have to find the safe, and then in order to actually yes, crack the safe... to clarify, the tiles are all placed face down, and you only turn them up as you enter the room. Exactly. So in order to actually crack the safe, you have to roll the numbers that are written on every single tile uh, that's across and vertical from the safe itself. So you are eventually like slowly going through cracking the safe and, and taking the loot out. Yeah, it's great. It gives you a, it gives you a puzzle to solve um, that it feels thematic enough that you accept it. And it also forces you to kind of do a little bit of exploring because, um, first of all, the room... So the other rooms in the building, one of the rooms is the safe, but the other rooms have various hazards, things that set off alarms, and alarms matter because there's also a guard on each floor who is roaming around the building, and um, you draw a deck and that determines where the guard is going unless you set off an alarm, in which case he uh, runs his way over to where the alarm is to try and check what happened and then turn the alarm off. And one of my favorite moments was when we realized that even though it was 
often bad to set off an alarm. If you had two alarms on opposite sides of the room, you could play a little game with the guard where the you would set off one alarm intentionally and then duck around the corner while the guard ran in that direction. And as soon as he got to turn off that alarm, you would then immediately slip on an alarm on the other side of the room. And I just got such a kick of imagining just like sort of a uh, night shift security guard running back and forth trying to figure out who was setting off all of these alarms. Ping-ponging aimlessly. It had this Looney Tunes kind of vibe. You know, you could imagine Porky Pig in a, in a security guard uniform. It was, it was a joyful cooperative game, honestly. I don't think I've played such an exciting cooperative game maybe ever. It was tense. It was funny. Um... I, I think one of the interesting things that there being multiple floors accomplishes is the fact that... So, cooperative games, of course, always have the problem of quarterbacking. And one of the best ways cooperative games can get around that is by splitting up the information that players have access to. And Burgle Brothers does that very organically by having players on different floors. Because uh, there's this interesting thing where the more players who are on a floor, the faster the guards move. So you actually want to split up, but by splitting up, each player just very naturally ends up working on their own puzzle. So you really can't have one player managing the entire table because there's just too much. And I feel like the puzzle was at a really sweet spot. So it wasn't extraordinarily difficult, but there were enough moments to be clever or look at a problem in a unique way that everyone felt that they could contribute. Um, and I mean, nobody thought it was so easy that they could tell everybody else what to do, but it was also not so hard that everyone was frustrated. Yeah, I mean, everything that went wrong still felt like it was fair. You know? Yeah. Everything, everything that went wrong felt like something we could have anticipated. And we made it out. We did win. Um, and mm. But it felt good because we had exhausted so many of our resources to do it that it was getting kind of dicey towards the ends there. Yeah. Um, you have a... Each player has a finite number of stealth tokens, which anytime a guard enters your space, you discard one of those to duck quickly behind the corner. But once you run out of those, if a guard finds you again, you're captured and the game's over. Because you give up everybody else's names. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course, as you would. Exactly. But we were, most of us had spent, most of us had none left at that point, mm -hmm. at, by the end of the game. I'd say the other game we played that had a very satisfying ending was And Then We Held Hands, which was a really unique cooperative game. It's a two-player game, and it's supposed to emulate a relationship. I wouldn't even say emulate so much as abstractly symbolize. Okay, that's that's fair. Um, but as I said, it's a cooperative game, and it's a game about balance, but also kind of reading your partner's mind. That's the best way that I can describe it. It's about yeah. trying to, to look at the solution and not only understand what the best choice is, but share that with the other person, but you can't talk about the puzzle. Mm. In fact, we pretty much played the game entirely in silence. We actually played three times. The first time we failed almost immediately. The second time we got about halfway through, and then by the third time we were able to complete the puzzle, and I felt closer to you after <laughs> finishing the game. Honestly, it was a very, it was a really special experience. No, I thought so too. I mean, it was really cool when I would, I would be looking at the move and I would be thinking, okay, 
my move only makes sense if Gina makes this specific move that yeah. I think is a really good one, and then I would make my move, and you would make the move that I thought of, and it was... That's yeah. the kind of game that I feel like you'd want to play with, like, your husband or wife or your boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever, but you would worry that you'd be really terrible at it, and then you'd wonder what that would mean for your relationship. Like, maybe we're not as compatible as we think. <laughs> Well, and I think it helped that we'd both been gaming together for, well, I mean, we've been gaming together for a few years now, yeah. and we have just spent the last several days, Absolutely. so we were very much in that mindset. We were in I, sync today. If you play and then we held hands uh, with your romantic partner and you lose, and I don't you break think... Up. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it means you're incompatible. I think it's just a hard game. We lost. It is a hard game. We lost more than we won. Yeah. I will say, I think there could have been some better design choices. I was a little annoyed by the fact that on the balance chart, the gems that, you know, determine whether or not you're imbalanced are larger than the actual circles. That was irking me a little bit. But... Uh I think it's a very special game, and I I would absolutely recommend it to people because I don't think I've ever played anything else like it. You know, it doesn't tell a story, and I don't think when you're in the middle of playing the game, you think about... I mean, it really is very abstract. The board itself looks like um, three nested circles with little nodes along the way that are different colors, and these are supposed to represent emotions. Mm -hmm. And when you're playing the game, and there's a, there's a system of playing cards that you, you do to navigate these things. I'm not going to get much deeper into it than that. Look it up if you want to know more, of course. But um, when you're playing the game, you don't necessarily think about what those things mean. I think when you're in the midst of the game, it's just very cerebral. You're really just trying to play the puzzle. But when you step away from it, I was left with the experience that even if the game itself isn't telling a story, it definitely makes some statements about what it means to be in a relationship mm -hmm. and how relationships fail or succeed. I really do think that. I think looking at the game mechanics after you've been through a game... The game had something to say. Yeah, and as somebody who does counseling from time to time, uh, I absolutely think this are, that there's an opportunity to use this game in a counseling scenario because one thing I really liked was the concept of balance. And even though there were positive and negative emotions, they weren't all bad. You couldn't, you couldn't be successful in the game without having a mix of both and without reaching balance of of positive and negative emotions. And one thing that counselors try to teach people is that emotions on their face are not bad, that it's more about the way that you react to them and the way that you use those feelings, that you know you can't be angry at your partner for being angry or sad, that that's just how they feel. So I thought that was a really cool way to sort of demonstrate that, demonstrate well, yeah. that idea. It, it is interesting that the game actually, you know, you you look at a game about emotions, you might think, okay, the goal is to be happy, but not at all. In fact, um, the the emotions that the game categorizes as positive, if you were to just play nothing of those, you'd lose instantly because mm -hmm. then you'd be out of balance. Um, I mean, of course, you couldn't go the opposite extreme too, but the, the task at hand was to process all of it and learn to accept all of it. And I think yeah. that's, that's a lovely thing. That's a, that's a great message. It felt like a really special game. I mean, I... It's the kind of game that I would probably 
want to buy and put on my shelf and it's not the kind of game I would pull out to play with everybody I would pull that out for like my special friends like you like that I'm, I'm honored really... that you wanted to play uh, and then we held hands with yeah me. but like that's the kind of game I feel like I could really um you know learn more about my friends by playing even though we weren't weren't actually talking it's hard to explain, but different it's, style it's really of fun. communicating, perhaps. Yeah. But, yeah. No, that was that was great. I'd forgotten we played that actually. It was, it's yeah. it has been a very long day. It has, because we've been doing so much today. <laughs> what else do we play? I'm gonna do like a quick rundown. We played Scythe, we played uh, Vast the Crystal Caverns, mm-hmm. um, we played Fresco. Fresco late into the night. <laughs> um, goodness, anything else? That's it. Is that all? That seems like so little now that I'm saying it out loud. Only like five or six games. <laughs> um, we might be missing something. Maybe. But at any rate, it was a pretty Well, I mean, of day. course, you know, the, the thing is we're learning these games as we play them. And sure. so that, that can add a full hour to a game time. Yeah. Um, I, I quite like Scythe. Um, I, I think that game does so much right. I really appreciate it. Okay, somebody who's not a huge fan of war games, mm-hmm. personally, I appreciated that I didn't have to fight people in order to win, that it was an option, but it was not required. I never fought anybody. I didn't build a single mech. Right. But I also didn't make myself an automatic target just because I wasn't fighting anybody. No, absolutely not. And I think even then, you know, there are war games where it's supposed to be a selling point that, yeah, you can play peacefully, but there's only one peaceful path to victory. And that wasn't even true of this game. No. Even if you you wanted to play Scythe uh, without fighting anyone, you had loads of options as to how you could have done that. Yeah. So... It was definitely a game where you had a a bunch of options. I will say, I do think it took me a little longer to understand how the game was set up because so much of it reminded me of Terra Mystica, but was slightly different. It was like when you learn a new language, but you already know another language, like you learn Spanish and then Italian, and then when you're trying to speak Spanish, you say an Italian word. (laughs) That's how I felt a little bit in the beginning of that game, but that's not... You know, any insult to Scythe or no, Terramistica, both of which I think are excellent games. They they both are they both are excellent games. I was very I was very impressed by how well laid out the I mean, it didn't take us long playing the game to just before jump right in. Yeah. It was most of the other games we've played, I, I should clarify, there was a good like fifteen to a half hour period at the start of the game where they weren't that fun just because we were moving so slowly and figuring things out Scythe I didn't really feel had that Scythe I feel like pretty early into the game we had it you have a ton of options but it's not that heavy of a game because it's pretty clear what you can and can't do that's both attributable to the great design of the boards, Absolutely. and also just the facts that they made the victory conditions very easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Anything that you can do in that game, if you do the most, <laughs> if you do a lot All of, of it. it, yeah, there's a lot of different things you can do, and if you max the, anything out, you get a victory point. Yeah. How easy is that? Anyone can do that. Yeah, so we also played Vast. Yes, and I got to cosplay as a cave, which was my secret desire I never knew that I had until I heard about Vast. <laughs> you know, I knew you were excited about being a cave 
before we started playing Vast, I didn't understand how excited about being Because <laughs> well, essentially, <laughs> I should probably explain, essentially I was cosplaying as like a really grumpy park ranger. Because... Cosplaying? Role playing, you mean. Yes, role playing. It's late. It is late. But essentially, so, you know, people were taking treasure out of my cave, which, you know, was making it harder for me to do what I wanted to do. And so I was making a lot of comments about how, you know, these were endangered treasures and the fact that you should leave nothing but footprints and take nothing but photos. We live in comparatively enlightened times. I don't think environmentalism is much of a thing in high fantasy settings. Well, maybe it should be, you know? <laughs> well, you certainly... Uh, leave you the cave alone. <laughs> Well, why don't so Vast is a game in which uh, it's it's a high, so it's a high fantasy sort of D and D style dungeon crawler. You have a knight who's trying to battle a dragon, and there are goblins in the way, and it's got so many of the trappings of that. But it's got this interesting twist where you have up to five players. One player plays the knight who wins if he kills the dragon. Mm -hmm. Another player plays as the dragon, who wins if he reaches his full power and exits the cavern. Another player plays as the goblins, who win if they kill the knight. Another player plays as the cave, who wins if it expands <laughs> into its full cave form, and then collapses and kills everybody in there. And then one player who plays as the thief, who wins if... They kill if they clear out all of the treasure. Yeah, so, so it's extraordinarily asymmetrical. Every character is essentially playing a different game. And it does this great thing that I, I like asymmetry in games anyway, but I especially like it when the asymmetry is not just in the play style, but in the win condition. Mm -hmm. Because it forces players into these tense alliances where, you know, as the cave, you don't want to help anyone except. If the dragon's getting too close to winning, you might want to throw the knight a bone here and there and just give him a good weapon. Yeah. Just for a little bit. Vast is definitely the kind of game that I would be more inclined to buy if I had a gaming group where we played the same game over and over and over again because without having played as the other roles and fully understanding how their games work, it was a little more challenging knowing how to play my role effectively. But I have to say that I really enjoyed the opportunity that was present in that game because things were very intermingled. Mm -hmm. Pretty much anything anybody did had the possibility of affecting me as the cave. And, and you, had po uh, you had options to influence everybody else's game as well. Exactly. So we weren't playing our own games, even though all of the games were different. I still had to care about what everyone else was doing. And if there's one thing that soured my experience of the game a little, and this is not a complaint about the game, it was just that you couldn't... Learning about the systems didn't really teach you how they fit together. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there was a way to learn that other than playing it, but the unfortunate side effect of that is it's only really in the last quarter of that first game that we really started to understand how the game worked. Yeah, you'd have to read the entire rule book to really have a big advantage to start, but if you're the kind of gamer who plays the same game over and over and over again, I think it's a great choice. Yeah, I think Vast could be amazing if you just, if you have a consistent game group who is willing to put a little bit of time into really learning a clever system, because it's a clever system. Yeah, and I really, I loved playing as the cave. I love <laughs> being a jerk to everyone else around me and being, you know, a grumpy curmudgeon who's like, get out, get the hell out of my cave. 
you know, like, apparently in my heart, I always just wanted to be a cave that tries to kill everybody else well, inside of it. And I did it. And you did it. You I did, did it. You did win. <laughs> I, I won the game. I collapsed the cave and I destroyed everybody. Because apparently, if you don't keep my cave tidy and stop stealing shit out of it, I just kill you all. Well, that seems fair. Yeah. That's probably as good as good of a thing as anything to change, to uh, end the podcast on. Um yeah, just we did keep good. that in your mind. One more day. Oh, yes. We have big plans <laughs> for tomorrow. We're going to get up early. We're going to go into the library and see if we can pull out the very last few games on our list. The holy grail of this entire con has been terraforming Mars. That's uh, true. Everybody wants to play it. Nobody can get a hold of it. So we're going to see if we can be the ones. There is a copy in the library, so we're going to hope that we get lucky. But frankly, I've gotten everything that I wanted out of this con already. I've been so pleased. I've played so many amazing games. I have no complaints. I don't see how I could possibly be disappointed by tomorrow. The entire yeah. con has been so great. Everybody's been so wonderful. Yeah. The only thing that could make it better is if I win one of the playing wins, <laughs> like you did last year. It could happen. It could yeah. happen. You got you got good odds. We're crossing our fingers. All right. We're going to wish you guys good games. And good friends. Oh, now we're out of order. <laughs> now we're out of order. Let's try this one more time. We are tired. Maybe we should just say good night, but we're also going to wish you good friends. And good games. And, and good goodbye. night.